is all you need. Yeah. Love is all you need. Come on, all you need is love. Turn to your neighbor. Give a little elbow and say, all you need is love. All you need is love. Turn to your second choice and say, hey, glad you're here too. Glad you're here too. I know you love somebody. Nobody wants to be left out in church. Man, we're so glad you guys are here today. My brother looked at me and she goes, my brother looked at me and said, hey, we're out of chairs. And um, so that means that um, some of y'all got to come to the 9 a.m. service. You know what I'm saying? That's just where you got to come. We got space at 9 a.m. And um, or um, what God's been telling me is true that we need to be looking and um, just praying about what God would look like for the next steps to create more space in spaces like this. And um, but we're glad you guys are all here today. We're glad you're here today. If you haven't been baptized yet, you need to get baptized. I ain't talking about your mama's baptism, your daddy's baptism. I'm talking about your baptism. And so if you haven't been water baptized yet, get baptized. I, I did a baby dedication yesterday for a, um, a little baby yesterday, and they dedicated. Many of you guys, you've dedicated your child, or maybe you were dedicated as a child to the Lord. But when you get baptized, when you get baptized later as an adult, after you've placed your faith in Christ, you're completing what your parents had started with you. And so if your parents committed you to the Lord, when you get baptized, you're saying, hey, mom, dad, I got saved because you, grew, you raised me up in the right spaces. And so we want to make sure if you're, if you're not been water baptized, we, we'd love for you to join us for that class. It's, in, it's not this Monday, but next Monday. It's at 8 p.m. It's virtual. Man, church got easier because of the pandemic. We can go virtual now. You don't got to leave your house. All you have to do is put on an appropriate shirt. Bottoms are, are not even required. You know, it's like... It's like, you know, you go short, short, when, you, when you go into stores now, it's like you know, no shirts, no shoes, um, no service. Yeah, no service, uh, no shirt. You know, you have, to have, you have to have clothes on, you know. Like at, at, at Zoom, virtual, everything, you just, as long as your top's right, like, just get that right. You know what I'm saying? Just make sure you don't stand up. You guys have seen those memes. You know, you don't want to stand up. That's embarrassing. And um, I accidentally stood up one time in the Zoom. I was wearing my pajama pants, black and red checkered pants. And they were like, people started laughing. I'm like, what, pastors don't wear pajama pants? You know, like, <laughs> Why, why are you laughing at me? And so, um, and then 6th and 12th grade students, make sure you guys come back tonight. Moms and dads, there is a, there is a war. The enemy is, is, is waging war on your children. And we are here to partner with you. And um, we're not a perfect solution, but we're the best you've got. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm just kidding. We, we get my, my dad's here today. A lot of people ask me all the time, like, hey, how did you get to where you're at? My parents dropped me off at church. Whether they went or not, my parents dropped me off at church. I'm like, this is a little bit hypocritical, but I'm glad they took me. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so they dropped me off, and because of the church, I, I got into a youth group, like the one like this, like we have tonight. And um, the only difference between the youth group I grew up at and the youth group that we are in tonight is, like, we didn't have pizza when I was growing up. This youth group is just so much better than the youth group that I, that I went to. We don't know if the kids are coming for G's or pizza, but we're just glad they're there. You know what I'm saying? Um, we bring in – it's just a fun time. And so moms and dads, let us <clears> – <throat> Let us do this with, with you. Like, you need this. Like, I'm here today as a pastor of the church. I'm thankful that my daughter has a small group leader in this, in this, in this church. And so she ain't going to tell me everything. The moms and dads, if you think they're going to tell you everything, I am sorry, but we di I didn't. And your kids aren't going to either. That was encouraging, Pastor West. Thanks a bunch. Um, we want to partner with you. We, we really want to partner with you guys. And um, so that's that. Um, our team is growing. Um, if you're not a part of the dream team, we want to invite you to be part of the dream team. There's our virtual next steps for that also. Um, our bed build, we're building uh, 40 bunk beds for people who sleep um, in unsafe or unclean environments or on the floor right here in the city. And so that bed build is the first Saturday of March. And right before we started first service today, there was 15 more spots. I know there's not now because a lot of people take their phones out. So if you want to get in on that, Now's the time to take your phone out while I'm talking, hopeinourgarden.com. Click on events, and you can help us build some beds. If you're going to miss that event, 
It's gonna be okay. In May, we're gonna we're gonna package uh, here at the YMCA. We're gonna package ten thousand meals. Those meals will stay right here in this local area. Um, and then July is our big survey. We would go out and do all kinds of fun survey things. Hey, um, I'm really troubled uh, by a passage of scripture in the Bible um, that I have been troubled by it a lot of times. But the Bible says in Mark chapter twelve. Um, it to starts the thing, there's a thing called the great commandment. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And I was totally down with that verse. Like, I was like, we got it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and strength. Like, that's, like, that's pretty clear. Like, we're supposed to love God. Like, God's supposed to, like, we should be giving God all that we have. Um, the next verse is the part where, where trouble comes into play for me. The Bible says in Mark 12, verse 31, the second commandment is, is equally as important as the first commandment. And it is this. <clears throat> love your neighbor the way that you love yourself. And I meet so many people that have a hard time loving themselves. And if you have a hard time loving yourself, then you're going to really have a hard time loving loving your neighbor. So down, we, we get this a lot. Like, hey, you got to get baptized. I'm not worthy enough for baptism. Well, if you've been saved, then that actually makes you worthy. You now have, because of your salvation, you now have, you now have worth. God puts worth on you. Well, I'm not worthy to be saved. I can't ask Jesus to save me of all my sins. I, 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 I'm not a good enough person. Well, God knows that, so he sent his son on the cross for your sins, and that has given you worth. I mean, so many people say, Pastor West, I'm just not, I'm not good enough. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't deserve the love of Jesus, and none of us deserve the love of Jesus, but the Bible says that we'll never love our neighbors Unless we can love ourselves. When we see all the bad things that we see happen in our communities and we see the, the, the bad things that we happen in, 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 in on social media and you see the fighting and the, in the, in the, in the, in the negative and the, in the bitterness and the anger, it's because people don't really know how much God loves them. So therefore, they don't love themselves well. They don't know how much God loves them, so then they don't love their neighbors. They don't even do a good job at loving their neighbors. And you're like, well, who's my neighbor? Like, how does Pastor West know my neighbor? Your neighbor is everybody. Everyone's your neighbor. You're my neighbor. I'm I'm your neighbor. Like my neighbor doesn't. My neighbor in my in my neighbor in my neighborhood. My physical neighbor, like the one the guy lives next to me, he doesn't love me every time fall comes, because I have this stinking tree that drops all these leaves. He wishes I would rake them up. I wish I could rake them up. I don't want to. They don't bother me. Every year he's like neighbor. I'm smiling. I'm like I know what you're gonna say. Every year, you gotta cut that tree down. I'm like well you ought to go inside and shut up. You know. That's kind of church. You, that's kind of church. This is, you know. And <clears throat> I was just kind of wondering, like, oh, we're trying to trying to feel it out and see where I'm at. I, that's what I think on the on the inside. I say that, and you know, you guys have been coming to church for a long time. You like sometimes I have this struggle. Like, I don't know if it's coming out of my mouth or if I'm just it's on the inside. I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let this rip and see how it feels, you know. And I never said that to his face, but I'm sure I've thought it. And my eyes said it, you know. Moms and dads, if you have a 13 year old kid like I do, their eyes speak so much. Their eyes just say so many words. You know that saying, a picture's worth a thousand words? My daughter's eyes are just, they say, they say a lot about, they just say bad words. Like, this is her eyes. Like, you should, no Christian should say those words ever, even with their eyes. I'm like, I think she's mad, you know? Like, <clears throat> we have a, everyone's our neighbor. Like, that's a game changer. And so I want to read a passage of scripture today that I think is going to change the way that we do life. But I want to say this to you. I, I want to let you know, and I'm going to let you know this, and then I'm going to try to back it up with Scripture. We have all the love that we will ever need in Jesus. It's just, well, you know, I'm married. Like, yes, <clears throat> he's not there to complete you. He's there to compliment you. And like, like, 
he, and, and he's a sinner and you're a sinner. So, like, if you're trying to get all the love that you need from, and, from your spouse, then you, that will, that's, that, you'll, you'll end up short on that deal. Like, if you're like, I just want my, if I can just get my kids to love me, if I get my kids to love me, like, they're never going to love you always as much as you probably think that they should love you. And they're not even, they don't, it's hard for, like, they have, a, moms and dads, our kids have a hard enough time loving themselves. I read the notes when, 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 when Ryan speaks to our students. We ask our kids to take notes. And I know you may not follow your kids on Instagram, but, but I do. And I, because I want to know what they're getting. And if you write it down, it, maybe it's something soaked in. And so I read what they, I read what they, what they post and what they, what they share, or at least on the Instagram account that's public, the one that I know that's, you know, that I can see. I don't know, the private one, I don't have access to that one. <laughs> You're like, what do you mean? My kid has a private, some of your parents are crying, like, as I'm saying it. Um, I'm just kidding, not the kids in our youth group. That's the other youth groups. But we, I read what they're saying, and they're, they're saying, they're, they're not, they have a hard time loving themselves. They're going to have a really hard time loving you. And so this commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength may be okay, but when he says love your neighbor as yourself, I always have a problem with that passage of Scripture because people have a hard time loving themselves, and if they have a hard time loving themselves, they're going to have a hard time loving their neighbors. And so we have to address this today. And so the question that I ask you today and is this. <clears throat> do you really know how much God loves you? Do you really know how much God loves you. And so the problem is this today, is that sometimes we're like, I, I can't even get my kids to love me, so therefore God must not love me. I can't get my kids to love me, so therefore, therefore like, you know, God must not love me, or no, no one likes me, or no one loves me. And so we have this, we have this ongoing struggle of people just saying, man, I, I want to love myself, but I just, I struggle with that. And I want to love my neighbor, but I struggle with that too. And so You'll never love your neighbor. You'll never love yourself. You'll never love people well until you realize how much God loves you. My uncle comes to first service and he goes, man, I like that message. He, said, he goes to two churches. I don't know if he's trying to get to heaven faster or what, but he leaves here. He drives 45 minutes to get here. And then he comes to church and then he goes to his other church. He said, I go to that church. I got a reason why I go there. He goes, but I go to this other church. And he goes, I always take notes in your sermon because sometimes I get to my church, small little church, and the pastor says, Brother Kent, come preach today. Like some of you guys be like, wouldn't that be miserable if I say, hey, you right there, come preach. <laughs> Someone just got to have a panic attack. And they're thinking, I wish he'd point to, that's like, you know, you right now, you. <laughs> you get to preach. You get to preach. You get to preach. You know, like that would be, like, he says, sometimes I write these things down. And he said, man, I needed that message today for me. And so what I want to ask you today is, do you really know how much God loves you? The Bible gives a whole, the whole Bible is this love story about how much God loves you and how he's come to redeem man and redeem woman and to restore them. That's what he came to do. He came to restore us back to him. When we were born, we were, when, when all this began, there was this place called Eden. And Eden just sounds sexy. It was perfect and it was incredible and everybody got to walk around naked. It was awesome. <clears throat> Can't wait to be an empty nester. <laughs> got a long way to go, but I'm excited for it already. It was perfect there. The fruit was perfect. Everything was incredible. And God says, hey, guys, all I want you to do is I want you just to work this land. I just want you to work this land. And because of voluntary sin, that man, that woman, they were separated from God. And from that very point, 
all throughout the humanity, all throughout the history books, all throughout the storybooks that we read, God is trying to redeem man and woman back to him. And the, and, the, and the culmination was when he died on the cross for our sins, and then three days later he rose again. And, and 1 John chapter 4 really challenges you and I today. And here's what he says in this scripture. 1 John top, chapter 4, I love this passage of scripture, verse 7. Dear friends, and I want to say to you, you guys are my friends, I love you guys. I was on a call this week, I'm in a virtual marriage group. And at the very end I gave my number out. And people were like, I can't believe the pastor of the church is giving out his number and his email account and it wasn't my burner phone either you know what i'm saying like it was my real number <laughs> like you guys are my friends i want for you guys more than anything for you guys to 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 know how much god loves you that's all i really want and when we know that we will find freedom we will know more about god we'll find freedom. we'll discover our purposes and we'll make a difference just last night we had five students back here saying i'm just trying to figure out what my purpose for life is and we all know, guys, parents in here today, adults, like, we all know there's more to life than our eight to five. Please, just nod your head if you agree with me. There's more to life than this. Moms and dads, our kids were on loan to us for just a moment. We have to prepare them. I, I just left, I just came out of a freedom group. And one of the kids said, one of the guys in this, not, not in this group that we were reading this book called The Father of Higher God, and I've encouraged so many people to get in the freedom group, and it's not too late, it starts next Sunday, but if you're not in the freedom group, you ought to go to hopeintergarden.com and click on groups, and you ought to find the freedom group. It was so awesome. One of, in the book that we read, in this freedom study that we're studying, the, 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 this young man went to this pastor, and he said, can I tell you the best day of my life? And the pastor said, yeah, tell me. He said, the best day of my life was the day that my dad died. <clears throat> So much, this young man had so much pain, and we all have gone through things in our life that we have, we have pain, and we have frustration, we have hurts, and we have all these things that we have in our life, and all we're trying to do is convince you that God, there's a God who loves you, and He can work with you and through you through all the pain that you've gone through. And He was there with you, and He wants to continue to do incredible things in our life, but there's so much more to life than just living the 8 to 5 and living for Friday. There's so much more to it than that. And so we build rooms and spaces where we, where, where we fill these spaces up. Like tonight we run out of chairs or on two, Wednesday night we'll have a bunch of college kids together. And, and next Thursday we'll bunch of, we have a bunch of people that are right out of college trying to fare life. And all these rooms we're trying to find out because everyone's trying to figure out this question. You know, there's, there's a saying, there's, there's, there's two questions you have to figure out. You have to figure out why. It's like you, 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 you have to figure out why you were born. Like you have to figure that question out while you're alive. And then you have to figure out the second question is, what's going to happen when you die? And Jesus is the answer to the second question. And the first question, the answer to that question is also Jesus. you got to figure out why you were here. Then you got to figure out when you die or where you're going to spend eternity at. You have to figure out those two questions in life. That's, you, get about, you get that much time to figure out those two questions. God came to me last week and he said, I don't believe this, all this. I said, honestly, I'm not sure I believe it every week either. He said, I've seen too many things that frustrate me. And I said, I've seen a lot of things that frustrate me. Most of them are Christians. But, you know, that's another story. <laughs> and he said, you know, my wife's a born-again Christian. He goes, my, my kid's a born-again Christian. I'm not. He goes, but I always like everything that you say. He goes, I've been here three times this year. <laughs> I said, that's my boy. Next year we're going for four, you know. <laughs> like, you're beating the Easter and Christmas Christians. Like, come on, like, I'm proud of you. Like, and he's not even saved. He said, I like everything you're doing. I said, what is, what is it? He goes, I like that you want to serve this city. I only want to serve this city because Jesus loves this city. And so, let me unpack this scripture for you today. I only have a few moments left. He says, here's what he says. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. 
anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. If you love people, it's because you're a child of God. You ever want to know, like, I wonder if I'm a child of God. Like, what are your actions? What are your actions about? Are you a hateful person? You need to get saved today. Are you angry? Are you, are you bitter? Well, God's love can help you with that. We've all gone through seasons of anger and bitterness. We've all, like, that's one out of one. We've all been there before. But anyone who does not love does not know who God is. Because God is love. Like, you can't know about this. You can't know love apart from God. These guys can't celebrate Jesus with their guitars and their voices unless they know who God is. Or it's, it's fake. It's a fraud. Verse 9, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we may have eternal life through Jesus. I mean, this is so simple, Tim. I, I'm going to try not to preach this. I'm just going to try to read to you. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved West Beecham. And he sent one son as a sacrifice to take away the sins of the world. He had one son. God had one son. He gave us one son for every person who's sitting in a chair today. He gave his one and only son. Austin's dad's on the second row today. Austin's his son. Austin was here last night playing drums for us today. Last night they were trying to figure out the online audio. And they were here till we, we got here at 4 o'clock yesterday. They didn't leave till well after 8 o'clock. Austin does these things because he loves the Lord. That's why he does it. There's no salary package to helping people find about Jesus, to, to know about Jesus. People show up every week here to serve. It's because of God's love in them. That is God's in them. God's love is in them. God's love is in them. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one only son to the world that we might have eternal life through him. By the way, friends, there's, there's, there's life after we die. It's called eternity. And there's a real heaven, and unfortunately there's a real hell. If you're like, I don't believe in there, there's a real hell, I would make sure you believe in the real heaven because Jesus is coming back and both are real. So I wouldn't have to fight. Like, don't find out and be wrong. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Not that we love God because he loved us. And he sent his only son to be a sacrifice, take away West Beecham's sins. Dear friends, you guys are my friends today. Since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. If God loved us, we ought to love each other. We ought to love our neighbor the way we love ourselves. Red and yellow, black and white, we're all precious in his sight. My uncle said, I go to a church. I'm the only black guy in my church. I said, you go to the wrong church. You need to be, you got to be in a church that's going to look like heaven. I like that our church is like a mochaccino color. Like, because it's going to be every tribe, every nation, all of us in one place. we got to get ready. I'm going to get you ready for heaven now while we're here on this earth. God showed how much he loves by sin is one only son. Dear, verse 11, dear friends, since God loves us that much, we got to love each other. My daughter's doing a, um, a Black History Month project. She said to my mom, she said to my wife, she said, I don't, just don't know why these guys were mad. This, I forget who it was. She said, but it, was, it was the first black girl, this little black girl went to an all-white school. And I heard her say to my wife, why does she have to have these police officers around her? And she said, because the white people didn't want her to be in this, in this school. And I was thinking, I'm, if my daughter was, I wouldn't send my daughter, I wouldn't let my daughter go first. You know what I'm saying, moms and dads? Like, would you send your, like, would you send, like, your, your second-year-old daughter to be the first black kid in an all-white school? I thought to myself, man, I just, I'm sure God's in heaven saying, God, where did, God's saying, where did the hate come from? And I like to say we got a lot better in this church, but in some ways we haven't. In some ways we have, in some ways we haven't. 
my daughter's my daughter six years old. I, I hate them having explained racism to a six-year-old. But it was taught, and the only way to reverse it is to teach to reverse it. That's it. That's all we can do. It's people like the Copcos inviting us to their house. And hey, we wanna we people that sit at our table are every color that they sit at our table. We gotta sit with people that look different than us. We have to. So he says here, um, verse 13, or verse 11, we, like, verse 12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, people can see God. Like, the way that the world's going to see God is by the way we love each other. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes, and we now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in God's love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God. If you're not living in God, if you're not living in love, then you're not living in God. I don't love you guys because I, li I love people. I love you guys because God, God's love is in me. Verse 17, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will, not, we will not be afraid of the day of judgment, but we can face him, God, with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. How are you living your life? I have such a confidence and such a hope that Jesus is going to come back again, and I'm going to go to heaven with him because he demonstrated that love for us on the cross. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. I can love people. I struggle with people in here today, moms and dads and adults. I struggle sometimes when people don't get it. People have left our church in the pandemic because I've been so enthusiastic about coming back to church. The place they got saved at, the place where they've got baptized at, and they're mad because I want them to come back to the place. And here's what I know. There is something that happens in this building that cannot happen anywhere else. And God told me, Wes, quit getting so frustrated. Don't be discouraged. The Bible says don't be discouraged in well-doing. I want people to come be around people. The stories that are in this building, that are in this building of restoration and healing, I just want more stories of that. I don't get any, I don't get any compensation for more people that get saved or baptized. I don't. I just want people to know how much God loves them. And I just think, man, here we all together, trying to figure this life out together. All we all, we all walk in today with proverbial uh, uh, suitcases of baggage. We all carry in. I messaged a young lady this week. I said, you need to come back to church. She said, I do. She's here today. We, there's something that happens when we get here. Like Spotify, I'm down with Spotify, but it ain't as good as here. There's nothing. These guys are giving us all they got. They're able to show you guys, like, they struggle with screen time. They struggle with following Jesus. Like, you need some people that you know, like, we're not nailing it here. We're not perfect here. We're just doing our best. But we got to get around some people that are doing our best together. And as we live in God, our, our, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid of the day of judgment, but we can face it with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. We got to live like him now because we're going to live like him when we get to heaven. Let's get ready for that. Verse 18, so such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. Perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for 
It is for the fear of punishment. But this shows us that we have not truly experienced his perfect love. Guys, church, I know you're here today. We don't have to have the same fears the world has to go to fear, have to fear. I don't have to have the same fears the world has to fear. I, I have, because perfect love, it expels all fear. Somebody goes like, Wes, you got to be a little more careful. Just don't, you know, Wes, I, know I, have, I have convictions about all the things you have convictions about. The difference between you and I is I just don't, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not allowed to put mine all on Facebook. I'm trying to reach more people, not alienate them. I'm trying to connect more people to Jesus than to push them away. And sometimes I don't do a good job of that. But I'm doing my best I can. Pray for me. Like, I never thought people would get mad at me for asking them to come to church. Hey, you need Jesus in your life. I, God, God, God specifically and just is urging me, get your, like, for some of you guys, the pandemic was bad. But what you're about to go through in 2021 is going to make the, the pandemic pale in comparison. It's a 99.9% curable um, disease, sickness, 99.9. So if that is true, we're going to go through tougher times this year. i got to prepare you. The Bible says, count your joy when you go through tough times. Like, no one likes that verse. Please don't preach that verse next week, Pastor Wes. You want me to, when I go through a tough time, you want me to clap and to celebrate that? Well, that's what the Bible says. That's what Paul did. So he tells me here today, like, hey, we got to get ready. We can have a confidence. We can have a confidence because we live like Jesus. Verse 18. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it's for the fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced this perfect love. Verse 19. We love each other because God loved us first. We love each other because God loved us first. My parents have modeled this my whole entire life. I've told you guys, I, I had no idea why God raised, raised me up to be multicultural black and white it's confusing but I had a Nestor moment this year and God said you were made for such a time as this the lady in the front today said I'm bringing my friend to church I said I can't wait to meet I said why are you bringing him to our church she goes because he said to me I'm looking for a diverse church I said well I'm diverse all by myself a little bit sane a little bit need of a savior you know what I'm saying a little bit black a little bit white and I'm habla espanol, you know what I'm saying? I'm everything. In my mind, I'm fluent in Spanish. I don't care what you say. Verse 18, such love has no fear. We love each other because God loved us first. Verse 20, if someone says I love God but he hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we, for if we don't love people that we can see, how can, how can we love God who we cannot see? Verse 21, I love this verse. Get this, this is, such a, this is such a cool thing. And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. You and I are an expression of God's love. How well are you in expressing yourself? How well are you doing at that? Are you, are you, what, what expression of, are you giving off the right expression of God's love? If you live your life, uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, in the message translation, live a life of love. Live a life of love. If you do that, the world will see that expression, and that will point people, not to you, it will point people to Jesus. So, I think that, um, I did my best staying in my seat as long as I possibly could, but... 
I think I have this picture in my mind that I think may would help you and I today. You and I, when we came to this earth because of Adam and Eve, we were built and we were made broken. And we have this life that looks like this cup. I don't know about you guys in here today, but sometimes I live the kind of life where I leave a cup in the cup holder. And if you come out two days later, moms and dads today, some of you guys are like, I love this church. This guy has that car the way my car is. And I, if you leave the McDonald's cup there long enough, I know you guys don't eat McDonald's because you guys are better than me, but I eat McDonald's. <laughs> Just trying to survive. Now my wife, she's too bougie for McDonald's. She, she eats Chick-fil-A. They got better cups than Chick-fil-A. Come on, they got the styrofoam. Drinks stay colder, ladies. I know where y'all are at. I know where y'all are at. <clears throat> Our life is a lot like this. Have you ever had a cup get messy? Moms and dads, like I told you not to get, I told you to get that cup out of here yesterday. Well, it's too late, moms and dads. It's too late. This is a lot of what our life looks like. And it's messy, man. If I were to pour this water, you guys get the point. It just, water goes everywhere. It's messy. Just everywhere. It's ugly. And this is what our life looks like without Jesus. Just oozing stuff. You know, we're limping around. I'm standing still right now because my leg literally fell asleep on the bar stool. Like we just, we're dragging our legs. Like we're just stuck in the bad places. But God said, hey, Wes, I think the church that I want you to pastor, that you, I think the way that you're trying to figure this out is like the word that God can even is like, I, you, I, you want to pastor. God said to me, Wes, you want a church that has Christ at the center. That's what you want, Wes. Like, that's, like if you were going to do it, if you were going to have a church, Wes, like what you, what you want is a church where Christ is centered. And Christ wants to be at the center of our life. So without Christ, man, we're a mess. And we have this kind of situation going on where things are kind of flowing through. And like, it's just, it just makes a mess. But if we could get Christ at the center of our life, ready for this? I had a drink. <laughs> if we can get Christ in our life, he began to pour, he can begin to fill us up with his love. And we can hold all the love that he wants to offer us. We can do that today. And here's the beautiful part. He wants to put so much love into us that eventually it begins to overflow. And here's the deal, church. I don't want a perfect church. I just want a church where Christ's at the center. And so what happens is that when you, when you live this life the right kind of way, and the water begins, God's love begins to pour into your life, and it begins to overflow a little bit, that people can begin to see God's love through the scars of your divorce. And, God can, and people can begin to see the, God's love through the dysfunction that happened to you or the, or the baggage or the bad mistake that you wish you would have made or, or the, the bad deal that you committed. Like they can see you, but they also can see God's love all around you. That's what the world's looking for. The world's not looking for a perfect. The world's looking for people who look different. And we, we, they, want to, they actually want to see the scars. They don't want to see a perfect, spotless, blameless person. That's Jesus. But if they're going to see him in us, we got to allow God's love to fill us up. And then we got to allow it to begin to flow over. We need Christ at the center so the love can begin to spill over. Are you guys tracking with me today? I, I think you are. I'm doing the best I can up here. It's, it's hot up in these lights. And here's the deal. We can't give what we don't have. If you don't have God's love in you, you can't give out love. Need a savior today. Secondly, or the way Apostle Paul said it, furthermore, 
we can't give what we don't understand. That's why we're getting these kids to come to youth group, because we're trying to get them to understand. You know, the Bible says, do you understand the, the height, the depth, the width of God's love? Do you understand? We're trying to get people, I'm trying to get you to understand that. We're trying to get our students to understand that. We're trying to get our little kids to understand that. If they can understand it now, it'll be so much easier the older they get, because they realize, God loves me. I got my worth in Jesus. I know who I am. I know whose I am. Jesus and that all that comes from putting Christ at the center we have all the love that we will ever need and so I was with um, Gabe this week I want to invite him to come help me finish the rest of our time together and he sang this song and I was like man that's just what I I think that's what God's been trying to tell me I think that's what God wants for our for this for our church that's that's what God wants for our church and that's what God wants for our, our this series is he wants Christ to be the center of your life. That's what he wants for the kids in our youth group. That's what he wants for the kids in our, in our little elementary department, is that he wants people who have Christ at the center of their life. Moms and dads, you want to drop your kids off to us tonight in our kids' spaces, and I know you're counting us that we're going to teach them to put Christ at the center of their life. It's what happens in our young adult groups. It's what happens in our young professionals group. It's what happens in all of our groups. We're trying to help people figure out how to put Christ at the very center of their life. And so I asked Gabe, I told Gabe, I said, we're going to do communion today and this morning. And I just, um, I told Gabe, I said, you know what, I just, and, and, and I've talked to some of this too, like, I, I really want, like, I, I want them more than them to show you, I want more for them just to show you how to worship on Sunday mornings. We want, I also want them to show you different ways that they worship. Part of my worship is my relationship, the way I do relationships. That's part of worship. So I, I asked Gabe today to lead us, lead us in communion. But before he starts that, does anybody need communion today? Would you raise your hand really, really high, front row up here? Don't be afraid. I know there's a lot of recovering Baptists in here today. Go and throw your hands up like you just don't care. Come on, we got here. You get communion. You get communion. You get communion. Verena, actually, give Verena two, actually. She just... She's coming. Over here, Mr. Giddens, and then Arena. Anybody else need communion? Oh, one more, one more. Arena needs it. I don't want anybody to miss out. This church is producing athletes. She just caught that. This church, this church can do everything. NBA, too far. Yeah, NFL. Anybody else? Before I digress. Cool. Yeah, so on Monday, um, Myself, Ryan, Pastor Wes, and I got to go and just be in a room with pastors for a little bit, and we sang, we sang a song that is, um, for me, it's one of those songs that I feel like I've just heard all my life, um, and I'm, I'm grateful that that's the case. Yeah. The, the words are so simple. It says, Jesus at the center of it all, Jesus at the center of it all from beginning to the end. It's, it, it, it'll always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Um, so today, before we go, and we're, we're going to get into communion here in just a second, you know, communion is, is the perfect time to sit and remember what God has done in your life. It's the perfect time to just kind of take a deep breath, to lean back, to reflect and remember the sacrifice that, that, God, that God made for every single person in the room. You know, the, Jesus says, there's no greater love than for one man to lay down his life for another. And that's really what, what we do when communion happens. We remember the ultimate sacrifice, the greatest love ever shown 
for you, for me, that he would lay his life down. So today, maybe just take this communion cup in your hand before we, before we get into it all. I would love to invite you to just bow your heads, just close your eyes, and to listen to the truth in this song, to commit this message in, into your life, into the spaces of your life where maybe you have been slow to kind of let God in, and to just drink in this message of Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it'll always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it'll always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus, and nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. It's only you, Lord. And Jesus, you're the center. And everything revolves around you. Jesus, you, nothing else. Nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus, you're the center. And everything revolves around you. Jesus, you. So come on, take the cup bread in your hand. The Bible says that the day before Jesus was to be betrayed by one of his own, by one of his own, he took the bread, he blessed it, and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which has been broken for you. Yeah. And every time you do this, would you do this in remembrance of me? Chelsea, would you mind praying over the bread before we take it? God, I just thank you that this bread we have in our hands, it it symbolizes your body that that you gave for us, God. Yes. You gave of your life so that we could have life abundantly and life eternal. God, I thank you for the sacrifice of radical love so that we could be in communion with you every day of our lives, Lord. Thank you that that brought us in communion in your presence, Lord, and that now we can meet with you and abide in you every single day. In your name we pray. Let's take the bread together. And the Bible says that in the same way he took the cup, man, he took the cup and he said that this is my blood that's going to be poured out for you, that this is the new covenant that I've made so that you can be one with me again. Man. 
So God, God, we do this in remembrance of you. Lord, we recognize that the sacrifice that you made produced something that we could get for free. God, the, the free gift of salvation that was so expensive, that the price was so high, God, that us and ourselves, we could not, we could not muster up anything. We couldn't gather the right amount of change or the payment, Lord. So you stepped in and you covered the bill for us, God. Lord, so we remember, Lord, the sacrifice, God, your blood that was shed so that we could be made clean, spotless and without blame, without blemish. Lord, so we drink this cup, God, in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's drink of the cup together. Jesus, would you be the center of our lives? Lord, would you be the center of it all? Lord, would people see this church, Lord, may they see a church of people who are centered on Jesus. Lord, the church that's centered on the cross, a church that is centered on the blood of Jesus, a church that is centered on God's word, that's not centered on ourselves, that's not self-serving. God, but we want to be centered on you, God. We want you to be the center of our marriages. We want you to be the center of our homes. We want you to be the center of our thought lives. Oh, God, please be the center of our thought lives. God, we want you to be the center of our actions. Lord, may everything that we do, may everything that we do be revolved around you. Everything that we do, we revolve around you. Lord, I want, my, I want to model that. I want to go first, God. I want to go first. We're going first today, God. There are people here today that say, God, they're saying the same thing I'm saying. They're saying they want to go first. God, we want to go first together. I want to invite you to stand on your feet. We're going to sing these words out. Let's make them a prayer today. Let's ask God to be the center of it all. Come on. Jesus said.